Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our game changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. Hi, I'm Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then, buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and, of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. We're live in three, two, one. All right, here we are. Back in the saddle. First podcast of 2023. Well, it's still 22. But it will be released in 23. This is right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's how that works. Wow. Good old, techno- <laughs> good old technology. Thank goodness for Bobby. You know, things sneak up on yeah, us all you know, the time. I think, well, it's the rut. I think Cuz twitching over here. Cuz calls that semi-live. Yeah. Well, Kinda. Kinda. I don't know anything that, but you know. We're, we're either live or we're not live. Yeah, and, uh, right. It feels pretty live at the moment. Lively. Yeah, it's yeah. lively. So, looking around, I mean, this has been a rough week. The, Everybody's I, been, it's cold. Everybody's hunting. It's great. It's a great week. Well, it was rough on me. Why? Well, so I've uh, managed you, you to not get here. COVID yeah. for two and a half years, I and suddenly I get it. Did you have it? I, well, I tested negative, negative, and then all of a sudden I couldn't taste anything. And you tested positive? And I, and I tested positive. Oh, you never told me you tested positive. I, yeah, you, you never. Breathing on me the whole time telling me you were negative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well, how was it? That, it? It was your first bout. No fun. No fun. It's not fun. Yeah. You got your taste or smell back yet? Uh, no, I don't. And then, uh, then to make matters worse, um, you know, we eat all this Christmas stuff that I can't taste. And then uh, my wife has cooked all And finally, you know, she's like, let's uh, take me someplace to eat. Take me someplace that where they prepare the food in front of you. And so I carried her to dinner and Ooh. took her to Subway. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it just it went bad after I that. I bet it did. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why it, it went yeah, bad. It went bad after that. That's so. pretty good. <laughs> well, good. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. I am. Um, Did I'm, you deer hunt anyone on COVID leave? I've been trying, you know, I've been guiding, mm. and uh, boy, and the deer are just not cooperating for <clears throat> us anyway. Have you, uh, so guiding? It's been you've, tough. You've been here? You've been to the Ponderosa? A little bit of both. Little, yeah. 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 What, yeah, what I that? don't know what that was. Sorry, it's first day on the board. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rob. Stuff happens. That's right. Yeah, so uh, I think, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of deer. A lot of, I think, ruts kind of maybe winding down a little bit. What do you think there, Bobby? I think our where I'm hunting, I think they're locked down. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I agree, too. Because it's, it's just bizarre. Mm-hmm. So, Uh-oh. anyway. Hold up. There's a there's a bee in here. Oh, so Rob got him. So today's episode, uh, you know, Toxie's obviously off. It's, it's Christmas vacation. People that, we, you know, are just gone. So, but thankfully, y'all came in. Uh, Max mm-hmm. here that we've 
We're going to get a podcast done We're for, our, get it done. Our, for our listeners out there. And we've got uh, Mr. Bill Gibson sitting at the end of the table with us. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. What, uh, what's been happening with you this morning? Oh, I've been birthing puppies. Ooh. Tox's dog, Gus, is a sire. Okay. And uh, Astro Glenn Molly from Northern Ireland is the dam, and we had uh, four yellow pups and two black pups so far. All right. That's exciting. But That's I need not- some more. Yeah, I bet Might your list to, is a little longer than six. Got to go it? down there and squeeze right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Mac, did you have a good Christmas? I did. What I, about Wilkes? Oh, yeah, he he had a good one. Got a little bike, and he was pretty oh, fired man. up about that. Nice, nice. Well, what about you, Dudley? Yeah, we we had a good time. We traveled all over the world, it seems, but we're we're back. And, so, you, uh, so you didn't do much hunting? Didn't do much hunting. I did get a crap taxidermy coffee book for christmas coffee table book. coffee, ta- it's, it's, coffee it's, table i've been looking over his shoulder the whole time it is quite entertaining it, yeah. book. well you know just laughing, looking it's up. just old taxidermy from old you know museums and stuff before they had it dialed down uh and it's pretty funny yeah, yeah. i don't think they had forms or anything back then they had to shrink back let's then, just say it's like come it's it it's come a long way yeah you know, and it's been taxidermy's been been a thing for a long time. It really has. Um, I was doing some research. You'd be proud of me, Bobby. Yeah. Um, and it it seems like taxidermy began, whether you call it taxidermy or not, back in the mummification days, like Egypt. Yeah. Huh. And then it seemed that to have sense, evolved were- from there. So didn't they like mummify the pharaoh's pets or something and stick them in the tomb with them? Yeah, I think they did. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If if the, if the, if you were important and you died and you had a pet, it was you going down with it. <laughs> if you was a pet, you better run off. <laughs> yeah. But I think the real taxidermy got started when England wanted a like a museum of animals all around the right. world. Right. Specimens. I think that in the 1800s, that's probably when it started. Yeah. A uh, long time ago, and then you know. <clears throat> John James Audubon came around, and they started collecting all these birds that they could put in the drawers and everything. Uh, and I'm I'm hoping our guest can enlighten us some more on that. But uh, I think it boils down to what they were using to preserve the animals with. Is, is once they figured that out, that's when it really took off. Well, didn't they have to like? I would assume they shrunk the hide to the form, and they're not having to do that anymore. I know some of the deer, my dad's deer, they were, I guess, mounted probably in the 60s look a, a lot different than what we got going on now. Yeah, I think it's got it's come leaps and bounds for yeah. sure. Mike, you raised your hand. You got something? Yeah, so speaking of old taxidermy, uh, there was a crocodile in a church in England that dated back to 1534. Wow. I mean, that's not as old as the Egyptians, but that's pretty dang old. That's got to be one of the oldest mounted gators. Yeah. Sounds like there's a couple of cats <laughs> laying around in a few places. <laughs> yeah. Well, so uh, so we've got a, a guest today. We're going to call him here in a few minutes. But Rhett Kelly, a uh, friend of mine from Wetumpka, Alabama, has been a taxidermist for, I bet you, 50-plus years. I, you know, I, you say taxidermist, and yes, he's a taxidermist, but he's an artist. I mean, he can make make them look as light, like they're just standing right there like they were before. Yeah, right. and you know, taxidermy is kind of part of our culture. Yeah, I'm kind of looking around the room. I, I remember as a young child walking in people's houses and seeing a deer mounted and, and wanting one. Yes. I mean, that was a big deal. 
well, my dad had a, a room with mounts in it, and it was my favorite room in the house. You know, I'd get excited when you know grandma would come over or something because they'd kick me out of my room, and I got to stay in the you know in the in the room with all the dead critters. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not gonna lie, it kind of scared me to sleep with all these animal heads all around me. Well, so yeah, you know when I was I get it <clears throat> when I was a I don't know 15, 16 years old, I had a mounted I had a mounted buck in my bedroom. Yeah. And, and one night, my parents heard me wrestling, making all kind of noise, and they opened up the door, and I had that head off the wall, and I was fighting, wrestling with, fighting it. with it in yeah. the bed. Huh. What? Were I you was sleepwalking. Sleepwalking. Okay. So Taking him down again. I guess so. <laughs> well, uh, what was the first thing you did have mounted? Yeah. Probably a fish. That's probably what it probably was. I've still got a fish. Yeah, I had a, a, a big old bluegill my granddad and I caught, and it was a pound and a quarter, I remember, and he, he old, had it mounted for it. Big old bluegill. Hmm. Yeah. And then I had a fox squirrel. What about you, Mr. Bill? The, the first taxidermist I remember in Clay County was a really nice elderly guy, and he lived out toward the river and had a taxidermy shop, but he mostly mounted birds and squirrels because if you saw a deer track back in those days, that was a miracle. Yeah. There, there just weren't any deer around here. But he was a really good taxidermist, and I used to go out and duck hunt on this place. He had wood ducks, and that was in the late 50s. I'm not quite that old, as old as you think I am, but that was a few, <laughs> few days ago. <laughs> yeah, it was. But he was the first taxidermist I ever came in contact with. Okay. Well, look, why don't we instead uh, – let's uh, – Talk about a little blood on the biologic, and I'll yeah, yeah. get with uh, Red over here and see if we can't get Red on the telephone. But what do y'all see it on blood on the biologic? Um, I've got a buddy, Brad Dye. He's a church buddy of mine. Uh, hunts south of here about thirty minutes. He has been chasing this deer on his family farm named Mister Crabs for about four years, and he finally caught up to him. So Mister Crabs is dead. And he's also an outdoor writer for the Meridian Star. You should check him out. Yeah, you've mentioned him before. Yeah. yeah. So I'm assuming Mr. Krabs has some, at the end of his main beam, some crabby-looking times. Some crabby. <laughs> I mean, who hadn't had a crabby deer that they yeah. called old Crab Claw Have or something like that? you got a picture of like him or that. anything? Yeah. Yeah, he's got mossy oak on. Big old, looks like a seven or eight-year-old deer. Wow. Like Big yeah, old eight awesome. point, got some kickers. <clears throat> well, I think Jess Rayleigh's son. Absolutely. Yeah, Charles kid, Allen last yeah. night got on the board for the first time. That's so. a big deer for a first great deer. deer. Yeah, killed an eight point first deer. Sure did. Out there to play. So. You know, and, and we, we need to kind of give Jess a hard time. We need to blow the horn for something. <laughs> uh, we need to do something. Yeah, there it yeah. is for yeah. first deer. Well, you know what I mean? Woo! That's a killer right there. <laughs> Rob, you're going to have to pay attention now, okay? CA deserves those horns for sure. So I want to fuss at Jess just a little bit, making that young man shoot a three thirty-eight. Yeah, I, I was, you know, it is amazing that he killed his first deer, but I, he might be the youngest person to ever kill something with a three thirty-eight. Yeah. That's a big <laughs> rifle for a kid. Win mag at yeah. that. Uh, win yeah. mag. Yeah. three thirty-eight win mag. But I always leave I, a hole to be proud of. Yeah. I remember helping him sight that thing in, and it was not pleasant. No, it'll knock your hat off your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, he gets the cannonball award. So, yeah, knock yeah. him down. Well, but no, your... he was really pumped up. So, I'm sure y'all see some pictures of it soon. Anybody else we need to call out? Yeah, uh, my buddy James Morgan. I sent y'all a picture of it over in the Delta. Killed a real nice deer. Yeah, that's a great deer. I know. What about your brother? 
Oh yeah, he killed a good yeah, one too. Yeah, you talk about your brother. No, nah, I can't give him that much <laughs> credit. No, he he did kill a good Central Alabama deer. That's a great deer. He's fired up. Yeah. He's a really good deer. He's chasing one more old deer. And we got one more too. Max Red and Jason's uh, son here. He killed a great deer too. Oh yeah, yeah sure. Was did. that his first deer? I don't know if it was his first deer, but it was a. Great no, one. I I think he's pretty good at yeah. killing deer. Yeah, he's pretty yeah. good at killing deer for sure. Yeah, looks like it. Okay. He's, he's got that serious pose. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He, know, he knows what's going on. Yeah. yeah. So Max is on the board too. So lots of lots of youngins getting out there. So well, that's love good. To see that. That's good. So uh, I'm, I'm looking around the room, uh, Mr. Bill. You got anything to add on the? The blood, blood on the blood biologic. biologic. Anything happened out there at the club? No, I hadn't had a deer on camera in two weeks. Man, they are locked down, aren't it's, they? It's, it's serious. They must be all at my spot because they, we send lots of deer up there. So, Mike, you got a commercial for us? I do. I wanted to talk about uh, the Go Wild app. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, this past few, you know, the past few years have been super tough on hunter censorship, and, and so we decided to partner with the social media platform of the Go Wild uh, to combat the mainstream, you know, censorship. I mean, at the Go Wild app, it's really cool. Nothing censored. Everything's, you know, encouraged. I mean, trophy shots, I mean, gear reviews. I mean, you invite your friends, you get points, uh, and you get, you know, unlock $10 off. You can get uh, really cool knives and huge discounts and Garmin Vortex, all kinds of stuff like that. Well, you know, the the more uh, I hear about it, Greg Suggs has been telling me about it, it it's, it's it's pretty incredible. Huh, that's cool, man. So they're, they're new. Yeah. Uh, actually, we should have uh, probably already been mentioning this, but uh, – Anyways, it's it's really I would encourage people to go check out. It's called I, the Go Wild. I'm gonna go check uh, get it and at it's the a, app store. It's yeah, a, it's, it's a free platform to where other people have been kind of censored with deer pictures and rifle pictures and stuff. And these guys started this. Yeah, no, it's it's really cool. So it and, sounds like a pro hook and bullet kind of a plane. Yeah, yeah. very much. Yeah, absolutely. And and their their dot com is time to go wild dot com. So if you if you love it, if you're if you're on a desktop, you can go to that. Go. Yeah, it, it is a shame that a typical scene you see in the meat market at the grocery store is not allowed on social media. We just, face it just because time. it's not a domesticated animal. It makes yeah, no sense. Makes no sense. Especially like gamekeeper butchery. You know, you can't even, you know, advertise what you're doing on there. So go wild. Here it is. I got it. We'll put a link here. All right, good. Well, thank you, Mac. Well, look, uh, let's uh well, let me see if we can get red on the phone. We'll get this thing started. Get the party started. Oh, Wait, man, now, you paid, you paid your – you don't owe Red any money. No, I don't, but I think you do. No, no, I'm good. I think – was that turkey behind that we pay for it yet? I don't think you paid for that one. I and, I Mac, I think there's a something down there that we took for you. There is. I need to ask him about that. Well, look, I'm going to have to get off here for a little while, but um, y'all tell Red <laughs> I said hello. <laughs> Let's see. Hey, Robbie Cole. Hey, Rick Kelly. How you doing? I can't complain at all. Well, that's good. So, well, Rhett, I am. Uh, I'm sitting here. I'm looking at Dudley Phelps, Lanny Wallace, who may or may not owe you money. We haven't decided yet. <laughs> 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 well, I tell you what, I've got a lot of people this time of year out working for me anyway. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, accounts payable at some time. <laughs> And then we've got uh, Bill Gibson at the end of the table. We've got Max sitting over here we, 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 to fact check us. We, we've got a whole crew here. And there's a couple of things I want to try to accomplish. 
I want to get you to kind of give some tips about if you kill a duck or a deer or even a turkey that you want to get mounted, some some of those basic things that a guy can do to help make sure his mount looks better. Rhett, you've been a taxidermist for a long time. I'm thinking over 50 years, but you've been a gamekeeper for a long time, and you've traveled the United States, you've traveled Canada, you've been all over hunting, and I'd like for you to give our listeners some advice about maybe places and things you've learned along the way where a, a guy can get a you know the most bang for his buck uh, it, maybe it's a caribou hunt maybe it's an antelope hunt just things that you've experienced things that you've heard of um it, you know that so our listeners can broaden their horizons a little bit well i'll tell you this nowadays and it's always been that way make money because it costs a hunt <laughs> <laughs> no matter where you go yeah so that's true. Stay in school and stay with a job and work hard, and uh, that's what it takes. That's what it takes now. The uh, uh, whether you're whether you're hunting on your own place or leasing land or going out west hunting, it's a it's a costly thing nowadays. So uh, probably probably as far as uh, and it's always been true. Uh, uh, Antelope are, are a good priced animal to go out west and hunt and a lot of fun. And now that I've gotten older, I like that. So you know, not a not a whole lot of effort physically. So a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, we'll talk about anything you want. Uh, <laughs> uh, taking 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 care of the the game that that you're going to have mounted. That's that's. That's an important thing, especially birds uh, taking good care of them, and and uh, you know all all this, you know, treat it as good as possible, and you know, get it in freezers quick, and um, can't say enough about that. Well, look, before we go down that road, let's let's back up just a little bit, and can you kind of tell us a little bit about taxidermy as part of our culture? I know it's part of the Southern culture. I think people have loved to get deer mounted, love to get ducks mounted. They always have. Can you just kind of talk about how taxidermy has evolved through the years? Yeah, people, have, people they want to hold on to a good memory they have. And, and you know, a nice mount is, is one way of doing it. Uh, um, you know, they'll look at it and remember the good time they had. And, you know, a lot of times... Uh, uh, the wife or girlfriend is with a guy that brings something and picks something up here. And, uh, you know, I'll tell her, I say, now when he's, he's sitting in his easy chair and he's just staring at this deer head, he's okay. There's nothing wrong with him. He's just, he loves it and he's remembered it. It's always been something in the South, you know, people wanted deer heads mounted. It's always been a big thing. And, and, Used to, uh, a lot of fish were mounted bass and all, and that seems to have gone away. And I think I've been in it so long that you're into another generation, and they, they you know, it's mostly a lot of catch and release on fish, and they, you don't have the number of mounts there that you used to, but they are still popular. Yeah. Do you think they're as popular as that, so they were in the 80s and 90s? Is it as popular to get a deer head mounted? Uh, you know, probably, probably not. Probably not. Uh, I think during the eighties, that was eighties uh, and nineties. It was probably you know a little bigger. Uh, seems like 
to me. Um, people, people are mounting uh, smaller deer, I think, too. They've started, uh, I think, now that you, you've got limits on them here. And, of course, there's cameras. People, you know, know more what they have out there and maybe wait on a, a better deer, I think. Um, not sure. Yeah. Just, you know, I'm sure it varies with individuals. I think there is a little bit of a generational change. You know, I, I grew up around taxidermy and I, I do have one, you know, two couple of things that are mounted, but my home I have a lot of horns and bones and, you know, European mounts and my wife decorates with feathers, you know, so I think there is a little bit of a, a, a of a change, you know, but, um, I don't think you can ever get away from, you know, I'm not bragging on your body, something like Hercules, you know what I mean? The the trophy of a lifetime, especially from a white-tailed deer is concerned. Um, you know, I don't think that'll ever lose its uh lose its um Yeah, appeal. how could how could you not get something like that, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I know you get on me all the time, you know, cuz you mount everything. Yeah, I, I, and you I want love me, them. you want me to mount everything. <laughs> you know, Red, I wish one day you could come up here and see our little office cuz it's got It's a tribute to you. <laughs> it, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really wild uh, and and probably still more to come so yeah we hope make so. room guys no doubt about it no doubt about it you know uh the, the way way it starts you mount a deer that's the best you've killed and, and when let's say when you're younger i'm i'm 70 years old now so you you you've done this a long time and and you mount a deer and then you kill another one that's that you like him and you know, after 50 years, it's you, you've got too many. And so you wish, kind of looking back, like, I would have rather just had the skull, you know, on, on 90% of them and have you. But, but you enjoy them as you go. And, and of course, when you're, you say, 30 years old, you didn't have as many. So, you, you know, you, but you look back, like, where do you put this stuff? You know, <laughs> you know it gets to be. Uh, you know, you need a house for your animals, nearly. Oh, yeah, that's what this office is. Yeah, it, it really <laughs> is. Yeah, our office is perfect for that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. What are some of the odd things people have brought in uh, that they've asked you to mount? Like maybe even something illegal or, you know, like their pet or, you know, what, what you got? Well, yeah, you get a call occasionally. Occasionally, maybe uh, two or three times a year, you know, someone that, you know, has a, a dog or a cat, and I, you know, I tell them, I'm sorry, you know, we don't, we don't do that, but, uh, you know, that's, I, th- I think that's wrong anyway, <laughs> but, uh, but you, you, you've been asked, and, um, you know, you, you see it all, you, you've, hunters that, that can afford it have gone, you know, a lot of this out of the country, and you, you see African, Asian, trophies occasionally and uh you know so it's probably one of the most impressive animals i ever mounted was a uh, orgali sheep you know they're really nice and they did a life-size mount on it and you know done some desert big horns and stone sheep and you know some items you don't get every day and, and those are those are really beautiful and um but haven't been in it so long you, you've done pretty much everything does do you ever get a call does anybody ever call you and have an owl or a bald eagle or a hawk and not know any better 
<laughs> you know, you, you, not not anymore. I think that's been long enough that you know it's it's pretty well known. You can't can't have that. But uh, I think that when was that law made? About nineteen seventy two that you couldn't have those and mount them. And uh, so you know, for quite a while, people would would call and you know, like, well, I found him. He's dead, or he's hit by a car, or. It doesn't really matter, you know, you just tell them the law and, you know, you can't have it in your possession and uh, probably the best thing you can do is go bury it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you you, you can't have it in your possession like right now. So (laughs) so get rid of it. Don't give it to me. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't bring it by here, please. (laughs) So uh, I think it's pretty well known now. Mr. Bill, you look like you've got something you want to add to that. <laughs> well, when I was going through the Secret Service Academy up in D.C. for my initial training as a special agent with Treasury Department, the uh, it was against the law to even possess a feather out of an eagle unless you were a Native American, and then you could legally possess. Or either that or you had to have uh, a certificate of authenticity prior to a certain date before you could possess it. So that's... Uh, I, was, serious. I was in my deer stand the other day, and a bald eagle flew right in front of me. First one I've seen out in uh, Moon Valley. That's neat. You know, you can't have, uh, like, you can't have the feathers of any of these birds or nest or eggs or, or any part of them. So, you know, it pretty well covers it all. What about a long-tailed cat that's kind of come out of the south? Does oh, anybody yeah. ever call and secretly want to get one mounted? Uh, no. 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 Do you believe in him? I don't. I don't know. I don't. Well, I, Annie, I, do. I don't know. I don't want to hurt. Any, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I've, I've mountain lion hunting out, hunted out west, but you know, you know, they've got them there. But here, I've never seen any sign of it. And you know, you hear people that say they do, or I, I don't know. I, you, you probably create a argument. Uh, you know, maybe. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't have any facts. Why, why is everybody looking at I, me? <laughs> huh? Everybody in the studio yeah. is staring at me. Because yeah. you live. Yeah. I'm the only one. So red. Yeah. Because you live at the river. <laughs> yeah. And back in the old days when my uncle had a whiskey still out there by your yeah. house before you were born, uh, he claimed there were uh, black panthers out there all the time. He saw them all the time. And I don't know whether it was moonshine working on his eyeballs. Or, it might, or it what, might have but, been. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what got me. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Y'all are around ducks and waterfowl a lot. There's, there's, there's a um, friend of mine yesterday that killed a, a wood duck and it had a band on it. He, he checked into the band. I guess you can call it in and find the information on it, but the duck was released in uh, Decatur, Alabama, and it was 11 years ago. Is is I, I didn't know how old they get, or it was a wood duck. Uh, do you know anything about that? Like how old do they get? That sounds like an old one. Yeah, that's that's definitely that pretty old. I think they can get older than that. I, I saw where somebody uh, killed a, a migrating sandhill crane the other day that was, I want to say, banded in 1986. Pretty impressive. Wow. That is impressive. Yeah, and I've heard of people, you know, bagging ducks at 
had bands on them that were illegible and, and almost worn worn Wore off. off. Where was, did Brett, you know where the duck was killed? He said it was banded indicator. I didn't catch up where it was. Uh, it was killed over around, uh, I think he said around Batesville, Alabama. That's Elmore County. Um, That's but it near was released Montgomery. Indicator. Hmm. Yeah, it's not yeah. too far from Montgomery. I'm looking at Atlanta. He no, doesn't know where it, I, mean, I, I guess <laughs> I was thinking to be more of a resident, but he at least traveled, what, two thirds of the state? Yeah, sure probably did. so. Yeah, yeah right. my, my banded Woodrow was. Uh, Banded in Kentucky and killed in central Mississippi. Hmm. I have a nephew that killed one this weekend that was banded in Iowa, and he killed it near Auburn, Alabama. Hmm. Huh. Wow, that's a – I got an interesting duck question. Have you ever uh, done any work on any of these hybrid waterfowl that uh, people – you know, like a a wood duck cross with a mallard? You know, I like hybrids a lot. I I have, but it's it's rare. you know, we're not we're not really in a duck flyaway area here. Most of the ones in the past I've done that are that are you know oddities like that have been uh, people going on hunts out of state on flyaways and and all. But uh, but I have I've done a few in the in the past. Uh, yeah, kind of unique uh, birds when they're like that. Well, uh, I don't know how often it occurs. Uh, we seem to see it more and more, but I think social media helps with that a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah where you hear about it. So what what is the workload like for a, a full-time taxidermist? Like, I, I assume your busy season is after deer, but, you know, what what's your typical annual schedule like? And then and what's a typical busy day like for you? Well, it never, you never run out. You could work, uh, you, you could work all the time. You never, I've never run out in my life. It's, it's, it's been always plenty of work and, and, you know, you have to sleep some. You have to have a little bit of life away from this. And, and so usually during hunting seasons or when you're backlogged with, with even, more work and and of course you then you try to you know just fortunately it shuts off at times you know but but it's it stays busy i mean you you take in enough that you know i'm always back and uh so much time goes into each mount it's 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 all hand made and it uh it just takes uh takes a lot of time i need three of me is what i need but you know where do you get that? So uh, yeah, one you know, of you is country, enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, the world's ready for more of us. But anyway, uh, you know, you just do the best you can with it. And, and so many customers, they repeat people, and then and, and they're pretty patient. You know, they realize uh, you, you know you're doing the best you can on it, and it takes time. And, and most of them are willing to. To, to wait for you. Well, I got to tell you what you do. I'm looking at these turkeys around this office. It's, it's pure art to me. It looks like you hand place each feather. I mean, I, I just don't see how you get it done. Because <laughs> there's a lot Those of fe- things take some time. Those things take so much time to do. And turkey, uh, mounting turkeys, I've always done a lot of them. And, and, you know, nowadays people want all the species and get a collection of them, the six different 
turkeys, and and so you 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 got more than uh, more than you used to, and 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 of course all the different species are in here. I've probably got maybe I don't know maybe uh, probably eighteen uh, oscillated turkeys uh, still to do from this past season. So that represents a lot of people. I mean, just just from here, and I'm, I'm sure other taxidermists maybe get them too, but people are traveling to get all the turkey species now. Yeah, that sounds that, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, the traveling hunter today. That's kind of really why I kind of why I started this asking because yeah. um, Red, I, I know that you personally have you know every year you go somewhere, and so I was just trying to see if we could inspire people to say you know what get with a buddy and say let's yeah, start take a trip. let's start saving up and yeah. two years from now we're gonna go do, do this, this trip yes and i think if a guy would do that and he'd find some buddies to do that with he can turn around in 10 or 15 years and they will have gone seven or eight places yeah and it would have a lot of memories made no doubt about it no doubt about it yeah and if you can if you can find a lot of people don't want to go uh, you know unless they've got someone to go with um so you know if you could find a buddy to go on a hunt with be and those those turkey hunts are 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 really uh, more affordable than big game hunts and it lets you go and see another part of the world and uh and 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 it's fun hunting of any kind is fun so um that's be a good good thing for them to do and and uh um like I said, the pronghorn antelope uh, hunt, those are really good hunts. And, and you see a good bit of game and, and real sporty. And I know you, Bobby, you, you put me onto a place back, uh, what was that, maybe around 1990, the, the bow hunt out there in Colorado for antelope. And uh, yeah. that, that was that was fun. Yeah. That was yeah, that was Phil Phillips back in the day. That was that yeah. was an incredible you place out a, there. You killed a nice one and had a video of it. Yeah, and, yeah. and then when I saw it, I said, "I got to do that." <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. I forgot about that. It, it was a lot of fun. It was. So, Rhett, do you ever have anybody that shows up to pick up their deer and they kind of look at it like, "Huh, I remembered him being a little bigger than that." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, I don't, not really, not really. It's you, you know what? Uh, probably the only time that I've ever had you know one of those bad results like that from from a customer, and this is not bad over all these years. But I had uh, two different people uh, that picked up fish long time ago, and and they thought their fish was bigger than that. And it, uh, and and one was uh, one was a, a a crappie, a real big crappie, and 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 the guy he he looked at it and he he didn't say anything, you know, and I and finally I said, well, was it look all right to you? You know, there wasn't a scale missing; it looked perfect to me. And he he said, well, it's a nice paint job and all that, but my crappie was bigger than that. I'm like astounded because this this is a big one and 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 it's the only one in the shop. So um, he said, "I got a picture of it." So 
So he went out there and got his picture and came back, and, and he's got it in front of his truck. Now, you got to remember, his truck's maybe three feet behind the fish. And he said, you see here, it goes from my hood to my bumper. <laughs> I, I, I said, I said, yes, sir, I, I, I see that, but it's kind of like the way we do pictures of deer. You know, you shove them out in front of you, and it makes it look like it's 24 inches wide, and it's really 16. And, you know, it doesn't keep the depth of feel exact there. And, uh, you know, so that was, you know, one customer that was kind of, you know, a little down from what his expectations that he had made himself believe. That's funny. Yeah. I guess you can't please everybody, huh? That's a hoot. So, Rhett, while we're right here, why don't you go ahead and so let's let's just say a guy's a member of a deer camp and he kills a big deer and and he's going he wants to get it mounted. So it's hanging there on the game pole. What what should he do to ensure when that thing gets to you, he, he, you've got the best possible. Uh, uh, skin and 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 what not to work with. Yeah, people today, <clears throat> people today usually take deer to processors, and I'm not take I'm not saying don't do that. But what happens there? They're hung upside down. Any of the blood or body fluids are all running down, you know, and and staying in the neck and swelling the membranes of the skin and all and and. Um, and, and that's kind of bad on the skin and, and maybe sometimes hung for too long, um, maybe even scuffing the nose on the concrete floor as they're wheeled in and out. Um, any of that's a little rough on, you know, the mount. Uh, if, if, uh, if you can, if you can, just get the deer and, and tape it down to the head and then you can let your meat you know the carcass hang as long as you want to and um, you know the head you can either take it to a taxidermist or soon or or freeze it you know bag it up and then freeze it and and keeps keeps the skin fresh because the skin has to go through you know a few steps there it has to be uh, thawed out has to be fleshed uh then has to be tanned and, and it's just it's a lot of stress on the skin which is fine uh it's got plenty of time to do all this but if you use up a lot of the time like say hanging or the deer out in think of it like like food it's it's deteriorating slowly so don't don't use up your your window of time there that the taxidermist needs to to work on it um gets it in better shape you've seen deer that are fresh killed and skin um you, you know how the skin is nice and white looking and and that's that's what you need a good fresh skin it makes uh, makes the mount in the best condition uh, for yeah. you yeah okay that's what i wanted to try to get to there uh, what about uh, what about ducks, Red? If if a guy kills, the, the, one one more thing. The old story: the taxidermist can fix it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it doesn't need to go too far before we we do that. So okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Here. So yeah. So I was just asking about ducks. 
ducks or bird, you know, any any feathered animal? Yeah. Uh, birds, you need to take good care of them. Ducks and geese, uh, it, you know, if you get blood on them, it doesn't it doesn't really hurt anything because uh, their their feathers you, you can wash them and tumble them. Um, you know, when you're prepping the skin, the one one bird that it's, it does matter though on turkeys is um, you, you have to take really good care of those. Be as gentle with them as you can. Uh, what I recommend is you know get the bird off the ground where he doesn't flop and damage feathers. You've seen that happen, of course, and. Uh, Maybe even have paper towels in your pocket and, you know, wrap the head so he's not bleeding on, uh, on the feathers. Um, and shoot him, shoot him just in the head because shot pellets hit him down in the feathered portion or especially down on top of the breast. And you more than blood, you've got the body fluid in there, you know, the breast sponge and it leaks, um, fluid into the base of the feathers and and it's it's almost impossible to get out it's it's not like ducks that you can wash and tumble so turkeys take extra you know special care and uh you, you're going to get back usually what you what, what part of your preparation you know give me a hundred percent turkey you get a hundred percent bird specimen back and then it goes down from there so that's that's important on those. Um, I've heard of folks putting birds like uh, in pantyhose or you know putting them in garbage bags. Is there is there anything to that or, or what would you recommend? Uh, you know, as soon yeah, as you penny, pantyhose are good, like for ducks and all. There, it's it's good, it's good. And then and then of course uh, before you freeze one, um, prior to bringing it to me, you you. Put it in plastic. Um, think about the uh, freezer burn. That's that's what you get into with the thin areas on, say, a duck. Uh, they, they've got a little bit of moisture in the head and neck area, and they'll freezer burn pretty rapidly. Um, the, the feed, of course, will freezer burn. And uh, so if you put them in plastic, just, just like you would put meat or food, in plastic before you would freeze it. Um, so everybody's familiar with that. So. Well, that doesn't sound too difficult or, um, yeah, you know, I've like, done the pantyhose like thing. there's a I've, whole bunch of steps there. Yeah, you got a surplus of pantyhose. If you ever need <laughs> big panties, girl, just holler. Big girl pantyhose works for <laughs> <in> my turkeys. <laughs> so. We buy them all when we can find them. <laughs> well, I tell you yeah. what, I've, I've carried some turkeys down there to Rhett that were in less than – Ideal conditions. conditions that that our boss yeah. uh, have, have killed and and drug back and and, and he does it, an amazing job. It does it. It is noticeable if you take care of that bird. Mm-hmm. It it looks better when it comes back. Yeah, and and you know uh, the, the the feathers on on turkeys they're they're not they're not thickly feathered like say a duck or a goose you know per square inch let's say. Uh, you know they're wide feathers. Um, they they they're not thick. So you know when you lose them or you get blood or body fluid on them at the base base of the feather, you know how it's kind of fuzzy. 
you know, what it does is math that down so it doesn't fluff up good. You can you can hardly clean it to get that out of there. And, and say a strutting turkey, all that stuff needs to be, you know, where it's good and fluffy and all. And, and so keeping that bird real clean like that, um, you know, is important to do. Um, you know, try not to let him fall in a creek or a mud hole. Or, I've had all that brought to me. So, uh, you know, it just helps to have something good to work with. Yeah, that's, that's good. Well, let, let me change. And, you know, you know, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, Rhett. Well, I was going to say, when you, when, you, when you kill a turkey, try to shoot it just straight in the head. I mean, if you can, if it works out for you, you know, right in the, you know, in the eye, so it stays above the feather line. These guns today in shells, they're pretty pretty rough on them. So, you know, keep that pattern out of the feathers, and and run to him and get the uh, grab him by the head with your your thumb and index finger, like you would pick up a snake. I'm not going to do that, but like I've seen people do, you know, and and just right into the skull and hold your hand open. So that you don't, you know, grip the neck feathers, you know, in the upper part because, uh, you know, and, and pick him up and let him do all this flopping and all in the air. You pick him up, he's just he's free floating in the air, you know. So works works good to keep him in good shape, get him off the ground. Yeah, just let them, and they're going to go through that little... 20 second spasm down. of yeah. uh, wings beating and all that. So they're just beating air at that point. And then, yeah, the wing, wings are beating and they're pedaling their bicycle with their feet and, and you're holding him up and the body weight up and holds him down where he can't, you know, he can't spur you and, and hit you with the wings and kind of like it. So um, that's, uh, that, that keeps them in great shape. So, Rhett, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, you've been hunting and bow hunting a long time. I think I've mentioned uh, one time before to some other people that you've had multiple bow hunting records in the state of Alabama at one time. I think some of them have been beaten, but you, you've been doing this a long time. Recurves, longbows, all that. What do you think is the most rewarding? Is it to manage your property, plant food plots, manage the herd, and harvest an animal on your property, or do you are, are going to some fancy elk hunting place and killing a big bull elk with your boat? What what is what's the most rewarding for you? Uh, I don't know. It's all good, but that that uh, that working on your own property. I, you know what I've got is a little postage stamp size property, but but. You know, when you can plant things and, and it's fun all, uh, all the time. Anything you can do to enhance it. And, and, and mossy oak, I know, is, is really involved in all that and, and your nursery and, and also heard, heard you all talk about that a lot. And, and, and that's, that's a lot of fun, you know, just, just prepping ground and, and planning things and, you, you know, hoping for good results. And, and that's, that's a more than just hunting season that, you know, right here, I'm, I'm out back of the shop right now and I look out across here and I can see probably, 
I don't know, 20, 20 something little sawtooth oaks, you know, that they were planted a few years ago and some that are, you know, big grown trees. And, and, uh, I really like that. Yeah. I, I, look, I, I've kind of come full circle. I think that's the most rewarding thing that you can do, Lanny, oh, is taking care of your little place. I you, really do. You have finally got there. You know, <laughs> you, know you know, I wish I, I wish I had, uh, you know, a bigger place to where you could, you could do that and do, you know, some kind of work here and then, you know, different field here. And, it, you know, it would, it would be a lot of fun and, and keep you busy. You know, a lot of it, uh, it's recreation too, you know? Oh, you, you never get it all done. No, that's no. for sure. We you, all want a bigger place. Yeah, exactly. But you, you'd yeah. be surprised what kind of stuff you can get done on a smaller place because it's smaller. Yeah, no, you're right, Dudley. You see, you know, the most of the guys out there have, you know, 40 acres or access to some stuff like that. And it's amazing what people are doing. I mean, I'm learning that through social media myself. We get off and get in a kind of a trap down here to think you need you know, uh, a whole lot. A whole lot's good. Now, I'm not knocking that, but you can get it done. Well, no, it's like the guy said. I, I don't want to own all the land. I just want to own that what's touching yeah, me. Yeah, well, everything's so. connected to me. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's like oh, the game man. of risk. But it is rewarding. It really is. So, Dudley, you got another question for him? Any concluding thoughts here? As we, Rhett's got to get back to flesh and deer, I'm sure. Got a lot of oscillating oh, yeah. turkeys mount. Um, no, Zane, Zane's going to do that. Uh, he's coming in on his day off Friday. That that's his job. There we go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I've, I, Matt, go ahead, Mac. Yeah, I've, I've got one, Mister Rett. What are some some oddities you've seen in in animals that you've mounted, like three ears on a buck, or you know, yeah. the, the toes of a turkey, or what, what are some what are some odd things that you've seen over the years? Yeah, you you occasionally do, not not very often, but I that brings to mind one a uh, few years ago there was a a turkey and one of the toes it I mean how how long do, how do they just keep you know, you know they're brooming them off uh, all the time just like dogs uh, toenails and all but one toenail it curled up and it made a full circle curl. Hmm. So that was that was unusual. It was pretty freaky looking. I think Bobby so, Bobby's got a toe like that. Yeah, yeah, we Bobby's see that thing all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ain't ain't been identified yet. <laughs> Have you ever? Uh, I know we we've started. I hadn't paid as much attention to it as I, I want to, as many whitetails as we see. But you know, I'm sure have you seen the the fangs in whitetails, canines. You know. Uh, uh, Maybe maybe two or three in the hmm. past. It's been a long time since I've seen that, but a, a little, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's unusual. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah and I'm so. not sure. I'm not sure if it doesn't happen more often. Uh, you, you just don't see it because, of course, you know we you know we just cape one out and you know cut the skull plate off, and then you're not really you know looking at all that. So I'm not sure how often that. You know, I agree. I think it happens more often than we we see it. You know, because you don't. You know, the, the times I have seen it is when you did a skull mount for yeah. somebody, and it's and it's cleaned, and you can see. Yeah, you know, it pretty exposes it where you can see it there. So one time a deer had some saber tooth. <laughs> yeah, and, one time, and, I don't, so. and I don't know any. I don't know anything about that. Uh, 
really a, that's you're probably the only one that's ever questioned that oh. that, that I, I can remember well so it's it's i guess goes on everywhere whitetails are right i assume so i've only been paying attention for a couple of years i think dudley you brought it to my attention yeah, I've I've seen them in old you know old QDMA magazine pictures and stuff. Oddities. Yeah, um, I've never seen that. But in England, uh, they have a muntjac deer mm-hmm. that has long. Fangs. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen right. that. Interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhett, what would you? How would you tell somebody that wanted to get involved in taxidermy or was uh, was curious about getting involved as a possible profession? Where where do they go to get started? I would tell people probably don't do that. That's, uh, <laughs> it's it's such. I mean, really, it's a labor-intensive type of work, and and there, um, you could uh, and and the the amount of years it would take you to get proficient at at, at all the different things you would need to be able to do. You know, when you get into uh, uh, Say life size, big game, big, big animals. Uh, you know, from deer on up to uh, elk or anything. If you do life size work, that's a lot of. Uh, that's a whole different level as far as you know. People think, well, you get a you get a form and you put the skin on it. It doesn't work like that. Probably, probably ninety something percent of them will not fit, and you've got to take that form and, and cut it to pieces and rebuild it uh, so you to make a mannequin and it's, and it's a lot of it just guesswork uh, you know trial and error you know try the skin on take it off you know uh, do work on it take a reciprocating saw carve it up uh, uh, it's a lot of it, it takes a lot of time and experience to to get there and I know most people just mount they start they just do deer heads or things like that and it doesn't take the skill level except to when you get to the finish work part of it but yeah you've got to be able to airbrush paint you've got a lot of different things uh, you need and it takes time to ever get there and and i i would say to a young person you know maybe if you wanted to um I don't know, do it for a hobby, but, um, but even then, I, I don't, I wouldn't be satisfied with that because you wouldn't be as good at it. But, it, you know, if you, if you started it, you need to start it when you're real young, where you, you've got time to, um, but you need to, uh, probably stay with a job that you can make more money. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Really, nothing, nothing I mean, wrong with being straight like about it. You, you could, you could do anything you want to do. Uh, learn any, any trade or any level in college. Uh, you, you know, in the time it would take you to get where you need to be with this, I think. I tell you what, if when you go to his shop, it, you walk in there, it's like he's a factory building deer or building turkeys. Parts everywhere, and it looks like <laughs> so much work. So much work. Well, it obviously is. I mean, look how good they turn out. I yeah. mean, it's crazy. Well, Rhett, we talk about you. Uh, uh, you know, I, I tell these guys, you, you you did mounts in the Muse- Johnny Morris's Wonders of Wildlife Museum. Nice. Yeah, I mean, you've got stuff all over the 
I mean, it's some gorgeous stuff that he's done, all sorts of stuff. And if a guy wants to get in touch with Rhett, he's in central Alabama, specifically Wetumpka. Hey. And even more specific to that, I think it's Titus, Alabama. So Titus, yeah. So Titus in the woods. Titus is a suburb of Wetumpka. It is. I yeah. got gotcha. you. Wow. <laughs> we're, we're, we're about, yeah, we're about uh, 16 miles north of Wetumpka, and we have a post office. So Boom. Yeah. So, do you have a stoplight or a flashing red light? No, or? no, no stop, no stoplights at all. There's, there's a, you know, a stop sign, but uh, no flashing lights. But anyway, I could. I've told people. I said I couldn't have started a business, you know, out in the country like this. But after you've been in it for decades, you know, it just people. People followed you. They're hunting you, so they don't. Yeah. They don't mind, you know, driving you know, into the country. And they say, well, it's nice, pretty drive out here, you know. So right. uh, you don't you don't have the, the traffic coming through here like I used to when I was in town. Used to, you would, you'd probably dedicate two hours a day just to people coming through there when you were, you know, on the main highway and all. And so now usually if someone drives up, it's about business. Mm-hmm. Well, I know Bobby heads down there with a the trailer after deer season every year, so you'll get to see him, I'm sure. Some <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I bet you get the occasional retired guy that just wants to hang, hang out, out there and drink, right. drink coffee and watch you, watch you do watch your work. Watch you work. <laughs> <laughs> good, or, good or bad. So, no, that's, it's, it's uh, not, not enough time for that. I do, have, I do have one thing that stays here. Bobby knows him. You know Charlie the dog. He's uh, – He's fifteen and a half now, so wow. You know, we, we all like labs. We sure yeah, love labs like around labs. here. Yeah, he's got a great one. So he's, yeah, I like him. I've got, I've got fifty. <laughs> yeah, you kind of partial to him, aren't you, Mister Bill? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Ch- Charlie is a great. I've dog. never, I've, I've never met one I didn't like. Yeah, every lab I've ever, you know, they're great animals and copper. Uh, you know that's. That's Bobby's dog. They're all good. Yeah, they, they want to please you. They're, they're wonderful dogs. That's right. Yeah, Copper likes me, but, but I loaned him to Bobby. <laughs> yeah, he don't like me. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> so, look, why don't we do this right now? Because I, 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 we, we've got – Lanny's got someplace he's got to be in just a bit. But uh, well, I'm going to turn it over to Dudley. Rhett, I think you've listened to our podcast before. We have something that we call Rapid Fire. It's brought to you by our friends at Springfield Armory. They have some fantastic pistols. And uh, Dudley, I'm going to hand it over to you. All right, Rhett. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask you some questions uh, in a quick manner. Uh, Some of them are a little serious. Some of them are more fun. Uh, But just try to be quick and and pick one. And and you can always say neither or, or something like that. So are you ready? Oh. I'm ready. Go. <laughs> He's fired up. I'm going to tell you. All right. Is that fired up enough for you? Yeah. Yeah. All right. With a plaque or without a plaque? Without. Native stuff or exotic stuff? Native. Standard stuff or off the wall? Standard. Big or small? Small. Pedestal or wall? Wow. Reptile or fish? Uh, 
<laughs> Jackalope or deer butt face? <laughs> Ass squatch. No, that's What's the second choice? The uh, the deer butt face. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Neither. <laughs> uh, feathers or fur? Fur. Off time. Do you prefer to fish or hunt? Hunt. Fried deer or turkey nuggets? Mm. Fried deer. Archery or gun? Now that I'm old, gun. <laughs> Good answer. Roll Tide or War Eagle? War Eagle. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, well, you, sur- you you managed to survive that, Rhett. And, uh, and now before we let you go, we got one more thing. Mac. We'll ask you a trivia question. If you get this right, one of our listeners who's left us a review can win a fabulous prize. So now I'm turning it over to Mac. Yes. So I mean, pressure is on. I'm yeah, telling you, got it. So so Bobby makes these questions, and and I think he he tries to make me articulate hard words to pronounce. <laughs> so I think that's part of this. Uh, but so you're playing for uh, Terrell Ole. And the prize is a duck hut out of Mr. Toxie's closet. Okay. A what? A duck hut. I thought you said a duck hunt. I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is serious. Yeah. No, we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and it's really easy to, to, to get involved in this, and you can get a review. And so the, the, the question is, so we're looking for a word. What is it called? When one tine turns into two points, for an example, you see a mule deer often, the G2 splits. What is that word? The technical uh, word. Uh, what is that? Bifabrable. Uh, Keep going. You're close. That. You're uh, close. Yeah. Jeez, oh, that's gosh. a tough what one. That? Uh, not by fabricated. What is, what is that? <laughs> I'm going to call that pretty <laughs> That's close. Yeah, pretty yeah, close. Yeah, so. How do you pronounce that, Mac? Bifurcate. Yep, that's right. I call it crabby. Well, so like I'm looking at that mule deer your dad killed. See how that that G two goes up and split? Oh yeah, yeah. bifurcate. Okay, so not on the. Okay, I got you. And on the G two, just the G two. Well, on, on any of these, and on any that deer's. But it would have what, to be on his twos. What if his threes were? No, that no, way? no, no, just no, one horn. No, no, any any horn. So his any brow times. times, but they'll go in in two different ways. Oh, directions. Of course you're it's talking it's about called that. bifurcate. Yeah. Okay, bifurcate. Hey, I learned something today. That's I've good. heard. I want to say my archaeologist buddy has mentioned that. Something to do with artifacts or something. Bifurcating. Yeah, well, people talk about a creek bifurcating. It's a term. Bifurcating, huh? So if, if you want to sound like you're smart, you can use that word. How do you spell it, Max? So, so instead of saying split, you could just say bifurcate. Yeah, that's right. Bi- oh, that makes sense. Not baff. It yeah, almost sounds bi- like defecate, two. too. So that's kind yeah. of weird. Bifurcate. Bifurcate. Not bifurcate. I get it now. Like a bicycle. All right, so Terrell Oil wins <laughs> hey, that well, prize. That, that really, that really helps because you know you want the customers to be comfortable. So, depending on their education level when they're in here, you you you, you know you may have a PhD or you may mm-hmm. you you may not. So, <laughs> you, you know, I always call them you split You want twos. them all to be comfortable. That's right. Uh, that sounds like a bud, a budism, Uncle Bud. But, you know, Split? Oh yeah. Instead buddy. of saying bifurcated, he would probably have said bifabricated. Yeah, bifabricated. Yeah. Right. yeah. 
I knew uh, that was wasn't right, but it's it, uh, 8.6 on the ricochet come. scale. <laughs> well, Rhett, we appreciate you being here. Rhett, uh, I would encourage anybody that wants to ha- have a quality mount to search, search you out because it's, Find him. it's it, you're, uh, you're really good, and we appreciate all you've done. We may owe you some money, Rhett, and if we do, we just ask you to wait till the first of the month. Bobby's going to bring you a check. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd, that'd be fine. <laughs> put a check in the mail like everybody else. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Well, it's been a lot of fun. You're, uh, uh, but, yeah. You've, uh, you've been great, great, great to talk to y'all. Uh, everybody have a good Christmas and see their families and all. It was, it was, it was fun for me. Well, good. Well, we sure enjoyed having you on here, and we'll do this again. Thank you. Thanks, Red. Thanks, Thanks Red. Right, that good was a good talk one. Talk to y'all, y'all. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye Yeah, it's a, it's a real thing. I get it now. Yeah. Once you pronounced it correctly, everybody needs a couple of cool, fancy yeah, words in their yeah. in their yeah. back pocket. Well, what else have we got left? Is there something else we need to cover, Rob? I didn't ask him about the, what does he do because I know he's got a generator. Oh yeah, yeah. I always wondered if taxidermists were panicking when the power goes out, Ooh. like what their what their backup strategy was. Mm. Get a little steak around there. Boy. Yeah, it's a little bit different than, you know, losing your deer meat for one year, losing all these customers' animals. That yeah, he's be... got a big uh, big generator. Backup Jenny. Yeah, mm. I think it's a Kohler. Oh, look at there. No doubt. Bobby, I got a taxidermy story that almost wasn't. Well, Who is hear. talking in my ear? What am I, what am I hearing about? <laughs> Who is that? I'm supposed to be seen and not heard. Uh, I understand. Uh, uh, no, no, no. I'll get back in the kitchen. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, no. So I, I killed my first turkey a couple of years ago. I have what's called, you know, adult onset turkey hunting. And uh, so I killed my first one a couple of years ago, and my brother offered to get it mounted for me. I, I, was, I wanted to eat the dang thing, but he wanted to get it mounted for me. So went with it. He's a veterinarian in Tennessee, Ben Kinney. And I didn't have a freezer. He couldn't get it to the taxidermy for a couple of days. So he put it in the at the at the clinic. They have this, they have a freezer for yeah. when they send the dogs off after they get put down. They they uh, pets go in the freezer, and so he put that turkey in the freezer, and he told everybody, "Don't touch it. Don't do anything with it." You know, so it was in there for two weeks. Well, one day one of his vet techs comes in and says, "Man, I'm so glad you got rid of that turkey," and Ben goes. What? <laughs> so he runs. Turns out the cremation man came and picked up my turkey. Uh oh! And it's like on the way to the crematorium. Ben's chasing him down, making phone calls, doing this other thing, trying to get somebody there to stop it. Ben literally catches up to the turkey when it's on like the conveyor. To like it's like. And Ben grabs that turkey off the off the conveyor. So. Almost never got it. That, that, I, I, seems, I should have asked the question to Rhett, you know, because that's my biggest deal with, with birds, you know, wanting to eat them but then wanting to get them mounted. Is there a way to pull it off? You know, we can call him back. If you call him back. back. Yeah, call him back. <laughs> you know, uh, Let's call him back so, and ask him. So while I'm dialing, Mac, would you make a note? We need to send an invoice to uh, Rob's brother for, for his veterinary clinic. Yeah, mentioned that, on that the podcast. Promo. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay, so That's a good, pro- good move. Rhett's probably thinking. Yeah, why are they calling me back? Yeah. Got another question, Rhett. Yeah, cause that's I, a good it, question. I mean, it's for me. That's what it is. That turkey yeah. behind you. Hey, Rhett. 
Hey, Bobby. <laughs> we just realized there was one more question well, that we had. Rhett, he didn't give me a chance to answer my question, to ask my question. But I have a, uh, you know, Bobby, everything that I tend to harvest, he's like, take it to Rhett, take it to Rhett, take it to Rhett. And I agree with him. You do a wonderful job. But, like, with turkeys and ducks specifically, is there a technique you can use to get the meat out and still be able to mount the turkey or fowl at 100%? Mm, not unless you got the skill to do it. No. Okay. Usually, yeah. The the thing about it when I when I do say skin a turkey out, I I, I do a real short incision and 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 you're working all that out. And, and while you're doing it, I have a roll of paper towels right beside me, and and you're trying to absorb every bit of uh, fluid or any blood or. Even even going through that, you're real careful to keep it real clean. So, uh, anytime I've had customer trying to to do that, it pretty well wrecks them. Gotcha. That's what I needed to know, Bobby. Uh, you were right. <laughs> well, I, I didn't know for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. Of course, yeah. I tell you what, if you if you're able to get the turkey to a taxidermist uh, and he's able to skin it while it's fresh and not having to freeze it. Of course, I'd save meat from from turkeys for customers. You know, if they're yeah, brought in. For, so uh, get yeah. to the taxidermy. Quickly. That's that's why I just get a head mount on my turkeys. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's good. That's, that's good a stuff. solution. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Guitar, yeah, yeah. Just get a head yeah. mount. Well, thank you, Rhett. Sorry to yeah. call you back. <laughs> no problem. See you. Okay. Thanks. Bye bye. All right, guys. Well. uh well, I know Manny needs to go, so yeah, why don't we save our ass Dudley? Sounds good. And um, I'll add to it for next time. Yeah, glad we're back into a rhythm here in the podcast. We've got some really cool stuff coming up. No doubt about on it. On the podcast. So, guys, y'all, uh, look, we appreciate y'all listening. Please, if you don't mind, share us with your friends. Ask them to listen. And it does help us if you subscribe, leave a review. You might win one of these prizes. Hey. We, we yeah. appreciate it all. Looks like Lanny's trying to run. Uh, Mr. Gibson, thank you for coming down here and sitting in here with us. You're most welcome. Yeah, we enjoy it. Always good Always. to see you. Always. Every time. Dudley, you look like you, uh, you, you've you got a lot to do as well. So why don't you say goodbye, Dudley? Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Rob. to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast and be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine and don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt Podcast with my good buddy Ronnie Cuz Strickland.